Welcome to the Opera Cheat Sheet. I'm Sinjin Flynn. And I'm Eric Skelly. And this week, we're talking about Vincenzo Bellini's I Puritani, Eric, which debuted in Paris in 1835 yes. and is based ultimately on Sir Walter Scott's novel Old Mortality. And set during the English Civil War, of which I know not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know that much about it either, but, well, it was basically the middle of the 17th century. I think the opera is set around 1650, and it is this English Civil War, as you said. You have the, the roundheads who were loyal to the monarchy, the royalists, and you have the Puritans who were loyal to Oliver Cromwell. Aha. Uh-huh. And Cromwell and the Puritans have actually executed King Charles the First. Okay. He was beheaded. And so you have this this civil war going on between these these factions, the Royalists and uh, the Puritans. The action takes place in a fortress outside of Plymouth, which is on the south coast of England. And it's in the hands of the Puritans. The followers of Cromwell. The followers of Cromwell. Okay. And is under the command of Lord Walton, whose daughter, Elvira, he has betrothed to his fellow Puritan, Sir Richard Forth. But she doesn't want to marry him, does she? She doesn't want to marry him. No. She wants to marry somebody called Lord Arthur Talbot. Arturo. Arturo. Yes. Unfortunately, he's not a royalist. No, he is a royalist. <laughs> Sorry. He's not a Puritan. See, this... <laughs> you got the Puritans, you got the, the royalists. royalists. You got the Montagues, you got the Capulets. <laughs> And then you've got the two, whatever. You've got the, the Hatfields, you've got the McCoys. <laughs> and in Lucia de Lamour, of course, it's the Ashtons and the Ravenswoods. <laughs> yeah, we're just rife with these feuding families and factions and whatnots. But Elvira wants to marry. She's in love with Arturo. Yes. Unusually, here in Act One, that doesn't become an issue. The fact that she's in love with a member of the opposite faction because her uncle, George, Giorgio, recognizes that she's in love with Arturo and actually smooths the way for her to marry him. But we can't have that happen or we wouldn't have an opera. Right. (laughs) So. (laughs) But they do actually arrange for him, because he's the enemy, they arrange passage for him into the fortress, into the castle. Right. So that there can be a wedding. Right. But also in the fortress, in the castle, is Queen Henrietta, the widow of Charles I. And she's, she's the rallying point for the royalists. Yeah. And she's being held prisoner. Right. And they are about to condemn her to death. Right. So Arturo can't just stand by and allow that to happen, clearly. So he arranges to disguise Henrietta as Elvira, slipping a wedding veil over her as if she's Elvira so that he can spirit her out of the castle. The problem is he doesn't tell Elvira what What he's he's doing. doing. (laughs) And as he's slipping Henrietta out of the castle, of course, he bumps into Ricardo, Sir Richard Forth, who is the one that wanted to marry Elvira. (laughs) Right. And so he checks under the veil, sees that it's not Elvira, and says, oh, well, you can go. I've got no reason to stop you. Right. Oops. 
Of course, when Elvira finds out what has happened, that the Queen has escaped, thanks to Arturo, she thinks that she has been jilted, she has been deserted. And what happens to her? She goes nuts. <laughs> she loses her reason. Yeah, she goes nuts. <laughs> End of Act One. There you go. <laughs> Act Two, in another part of the fortress, is all based around Elvira's madness. Right. This is bel canto opera, let us point out. This is, um, you know, opera from this, this school of bel canto in, in the mid-19th century. And the, the principal proponents of this style of opera are Vincenzo Bellini, Gaetano Donizetti, and Gioacchino Rossini. There are others like Salvatore Mercadante who have kind of fallen by the wayside in terms of the standard rep. But these three guys hold the standard for bel canto. And, you know, bel canto is characterized by – it means beautiful singing. It's all, it's all bel canto means. And it's about – vocal display. It's about showcasing the human voice in dramatic situations. And a staple of a bel canto opera is, of course, the mad scene. And it's Think usually, of Lucia de Lamamo. Uh, that's the most famous of them all. La sonambula, even. Exactly. Yeah, it is a, a form of a mad scene when she's sleepwalking. Mm -hmm. This is a full-out, full-stop, you know, mad scene. She's loony as, you know, as, as can be. And she has this big mad scene that, that begins with this uh, gorgeous aria, Qui la voce. You know, this is this this mad scene convention is really there to give the soprano the chance to showcase her vocal artistry, to showcase her command of the bel canto line, to sing long, arching lyrical bel, uh, bel canto phrases, to sing rapid fire coloratura, to do trills, to do all the the tricks and 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 whatnot of uh, of the bel canto you know, vocal arsenal, uh, but to do it in, in ways that are dramatically meaningful. And this is a perfect example of that. And it's, it's, that's really all this is. It's a showcase. Giorgio and Ricardo, they have this dilemma because Arturo is now a wanted man because he has helped the queen escape and he's been condemned to death for that. Elvira, of course, is in love with Arturo and she's gone crazy. Yeah. And she wants Arturo. And then that's when, as you said, she sings Qui la voce. But Giorgio and Ricardo have this dilemma. Will Arturo's death mean that Elvira will die of grief? Right. So they have that sort of half a mind to let him go, half a mind to kill him. And what do they decide? They do decide that politics will win out and that if he is found fighting for the royalists in the impending battle, that he will die. End of Act Two. But not before they sing a great big old duet. The duet is called Suoni la Tromba. It's very famous. Sound the trumpet. Yeah, it's a martial call to arms, and uh, it's, it's a big highlight of the score. And, of course, this is what the, the situation is. The fortress is being besieged by the royalists. It's held by the Puritans being besieged by the royalists. And here, at the end of Act Two, we have that clarion call because it's all going to come to a head. Yes. And now we can say, 
End of Act 2. Yes. Act 3, we're in the countryside, uh, outside of the fortress, and it's uh, several months later. Arturo is still on the run because he's a wanted man. Yeah. But he comes back to see Elvira because he loves her so much and he can't live without her. Right. They're reunited, but what is her state of mind here? Is she still crazy? Uh, sort of. <laughs> Seeing him apparently gives her a little reprieve from her madness. But she's, uh, yeah, she's still pretty, she's in precarious mental estate, I, I guess you would say. Ricardo and Giorgio show up and they announce that Arturo is under a death sentence. And that makes Elvira sit up and take notice. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He's, uh, he's basically sentenced to death and they're about to execute him when a messenger arrives and tells them that the royalists have in fact been defeated and that the prisoners are pardoned. Cromwell, in victory, has been magnanimous, which means Arturo safe. Yes. And guess what happens to Elvira? She suddenly gets better. She does. <laughs> the cloud is lifted and the lovers are reunited and everyone rejoices. And they all live happily ever after. Yeah, of course they do. What is interesting here, Eric, is that storyline of the girl loving the boy from the other, you know, the enemy family, etc. The Romeo and Juliet thing is, is nuanced here. It's not thwarted uh, from the outset as, as it normally is in these sorts of stories. You're right. So where is the strength then of this opera, I Puritani? As always in the music. Uh, of the three bel canto composers, Bellini's scores are the ones that are the most... Um, the most lyrical. They're the, they are the most lyrical. The most cantabile. Uh, they are that. Um, there's less busyness going on like you have in Rossini. There's a showcase of the voice that's unparalleled really in opera. The, the voice is, is almost kind of exposed in a way that it isn't otherwise. I mean, it must be said that, that dramatically, Ipuritani is fairly light. It's not a great in-depth uh, scenario like Lucia de Lammermoor, for example. Yeah. Bellini's scores are uncompromisingly exposing to the voice. You know, in, in other composers, even with Rossini and Donizetti to some extent, but with Verdi and Puccini, you can find ways, you know, sometimes to hide behind the orchestra if you're having a problem. You can't get away with anything in Bellini. You have to be absolutely spot on in your technique, or it will be glaringly obvious. He really is the, the most bel canto of the bel cantos. Yeah, and it's just gloriously melodic throughout. Vincenzo Bellini's I Puritani. That's this week's Opera Cheat Sheet. I'm Sinjin Flynn. And I'm Eric Skelly. Thank you for listening.